0: This TFMR podcast is brought to you by your friends at JM Bullion. Visit jmbullion.com for all your gold and silver bullion needs. Well, happy Thursday out there to TFMR. It's Thursday, January the 19th, just a little bit after noon Eastern time. And it is time for your Thursday conversation, that free weekly podcast we like to put out uh, for everybody to listen, not just everybody here at TFMR. And we always try to invite a mover and a shaker in the precious metals industry, or in economics, or analyst—you know—someone that can analyze what's currently going on and give you maybe an outside opinion, other than what you hear from me every day. And that's what we have today. I've got my old friend John Rubino on the line, and uh, it's always fun to visit with John. If you recall, John had a website called DollarCollapse.com for a number of years. Uh, He's no longer the proprietor of that. And uh, he has a new venture, a way you can keep track of what his current thoughts are on a whole bunch of subjects. And so I want to make sure we introduce that today. So, John,
1: always nice to hear from you, my friend. Hey, Craig. It's good to talk to you, too. A a few things have happened since we talked last, huh?
0: Well, that's right. That's right. So, all right. Run with it. Uh, Bring us up to speed on where you are at this point.
1: Well, I just set up a uh, a Substack online newsletter, which is... um, Basically, Substack is a platform that lets writers just write. And then the the platform handles all the back office stuff and everything. So you can uh, um, show up, um, just sign up and get free content. And then some of the other stuff is behind a paywall. And you can subscribe to that if you want to. Uh, And the, uh, the newsletter that I'm writing now is dedicated towards actionable stuff. In other words, yeah, these crises are coming, but what do we do about it? You know, how do we mm-hmm. prepare for the stuff that's coming? What kind of investments do we want? How do we want to structure our our, our lives, not just financially, but in every way? Every way? And uh, so far, so good. So the um, the email address, or sorry, the, the URL is rubino.substack.com. So oh, uh, come check it out. Yeah.
0: That's very easy. Rubino.substack, R-U-B-I-N-O. We'll put, hey, you know what, let's make it really easy. I'll put the link on this page. Um, excellent. And then that would make it idiot proof for people like me uh that have a trouble following simple instructions. but that's just my ADHD, John. I'm gonna blame that on that, not my approaching senility. yeah, you know, I'm gonna be fifty seven in nine days.
1: Ay, Where does the time Greg, go you John? Are, you are a spring chicken Craig. You got, <laughs> You've got decades more of doing this. so no take care of yourself.
0: No, God, no, please, not decades <laughs> more. I always joked that. Gold and silver are like dog years, you know, like they age you three or four years for every year that you follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd probably agree with that, right? After oh,
1: you, you know, there there are videos of me out there saying basically the <clears throat> same stuff when I've got black hair, which I definitely <laughs> do not anymore. Yeah, you know? we, <laughs> uh, we we have been in this space saying similar stuff for quite a while because the story hasn't really changed. You know, right. we're screwing up financially on an epic historical scale for a really long time. Uh, and I, I think probably the um, the story now is that it's finally coming to a head. You know, we, we finally reached the end of this scam that the world's governments and central banks have been running, and that the coming decade is going to be the resolution and the consequences of all of our past mistakes um, coming back to haunt us. So, it, you know, it's going to be interesting in a different way and in a much scarier way, I think.
0: Well, let's start there. Uh, And maybe that's maybe this will use up all of our time because it's such an interesting uh, topic. Because that's as before, I started laughing about how old I am. uh, That was exactly where I thought we should head. Was um, I mean dollar collapse, right? I mean, and you did that. When did you start that, John? Two
1: thousand four. That was a um, that was originally a marketing page for a book that uh, Gold Money's James Turk and I co-wrote called "The Coming Collapse of the Dollar." Okay. Uh, So originally it was just a, a picture of the book. And a link to Amazon on there, and then gradually it turned into a, a news aggregation site and a blog and everything. And I ran it until just this last year, in 2022, I sold it to some some very good managers who are still running it really well. Um, sure. And then spent like three or four months as a, an actual retired guy, you know, kind of wandering <laughs> around just with no schedule, and I, I liked that a lot, but. It was really frustrating not to have a voice, you know, not to be able just to write something about what's going on in the world. So I, I set the sub- Substack thing up as a um, a way to uh, still be able to express my opinions about what's happening and still help people understand what's going on.
0: So, all right. So, John, again, I mean, Mr. Turk has led the charge, you know, for decades. Uh, that book was in 2004. Subsequent books have followed it. I've been running this crazy site for uh, 12 and a half years. Um, what, I mean, again, we, we know this is coming. Uh, I'm you know, surprised we've made it this far, right? You, you would have thought starting in 2004, you get to the financial crisis. You're like, okay, here we go. Um, but yet here we are 13, 14 years later. Is it, you know, when we say, okay, and can I agree with you? I'm Even this year has fraught with uh, devastating possibilities. Is it the math you know do you eventually just is it just a tipping point a breaking point because exponentially now things are going you know the numbers are getting so astronomical is it instead um you, you know the alternative is finally put forth you know i've i've told several people so far this year i mean the biggest event last year was that weekend in early march when the us kicked russia out of swift and caesar foreign currency reserves you get sideways with the us hey sorry <laughs> So now they want to have an alternative so they can work around that because everybody's going to get sideways with the U.S. eventually. So what is it? I mean, if if we think sometime next decade, next five years, whatever, finally this moment is upon us, what, what do you think the primary cause will be?
1: Well, I, I think it's primarily the math. Uh, because the, um, the the mistakes that the U.S. has made by weaponizing the dollar and things like that—that's that, a contributing factor. But basically, we've just been creating too much new currency and allowing too much credit um, to be created um, until the weight of it becomes unmanageable. Um, for instance, well, well the the, um, the scenario that was always kind of likely to play out was that this uh, the massive credit bubble. That we've basically had ongoing since the 1970s would end with central banks having to pump out so much new currency in order to cover all the debt that's out there that that would cause inflation. In other words, the value of our currencies would start to fall. That would force the central bank into a box where. If they raise interest rates high enough to stop inflation, that blows up the leverage speculating community. In other words, everybody who has to roll their debt over at uh, at higher and higher rates and can't afford to do that will go bust. And then we'll have a 1930s style deflationary depression or central banks will have to pull back from tightening and uh, and continue to ease in the face of the recognition by the whole world that we're destroying the value of our currencies because it's causing inflation well we're there now you know now yeah. we have to make this decision and the central banks of the world are tightening in the face of a slowdown now <clears throat> because they need to um oh they feel the need to eradicate the inflation that they caused in the past couple of years but that's gonna blow up the system if they keep this up. So the question on everybody's mind now is where's the capitulation? When does the Fed and the other big central banks, when do they give up and go back to easing, even if, even recognizing that it's gonna cause inflation and cause the world's major currencies to start falling in a disorderly way. And we're at the decision point now, 2023 is the year when these central banks have to decide which they're going to choose. Uh, and I, I think, you know, they're running out of time, really, because the, the economy is starting to slow down in a dramatic way. Just yesterday, we had um, retail sales in the U.S. go down, which is a very big deal because we're a consumer spending driven economy. And the producer price index went down, which means the, uh, the price of raw materials that go into the economy and determine future price levels, uh, they're dropping. So we're tipping into a recession by every reasonable measure right now. And that could be a, a brutal recession if interest rates don't come down dramatically right away. Uh, and so the Fed has to make this decision, uh, you know, which which of the, um, the horrendous outcomes it has to choose here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, uh, given its history, I suspect they capitulate, but you never know. You know, it could be that these guys are envisioning themselves as Paul Volcker, thinking that high interest rates will bring us back to some version of normality, which it won't because things were very different back when Paul Volcker made his reputation by raising interest rates dramatically at the Fed. We can't do that mathematically now. It would blow up the world.
0: are, Are they just, I mean, we're pretty pragmatic in looking at this, John. Right. And we know what the history is. We know what they chose in 2010 when they were playing the same games. We know what they chose in 2018 and 2019 when they were playing these same rhetorical games. And so it's reasonable to expect. I mean, like I said, we're kind of pragmatic in looking at this. Is there any chance that these uh, these fed goons, as I call them, are actually smarter than we think? And that they, they have some other master plan that they know everything's going to work out OK in the end. And they, I mean, am, am I missing something?
1: Well, that's been the uh, the question for really a couple of decades now. Are these guys complete morons or are they evil geniuses? In, in other words, are, are they um, operating with a long-term plan that ends with the 90% of the world's population being basically debt serfs for the 10% that own all the assets and have the best technology, et cetera, et cetera, um, or are they just, you know... Um, Ivy League educated buffoons who uh, have never done anything in the real world and just do not know how to do anything other than operate a model, which is a flawed model, and then do what the model tells them, you know, And, and you can make a case for either one of those scenarios, because there's evidence for both and i don't know which is scarier uh craig which, which scares you more you know because uh, complete morons running the monetary system is terrifying but so are evil geniuses running the monetary right. system so i i don't know i i um i hope we can figure out personal strategies that address both of those possibilities and protect us from the consequences of of either one you know and and that would be the real intellectual challenge for um For us as individuals, because you can't stop politics like our vote really doesn't count much anymore in in the broad scheme of things. So there's institutional momentum that is taking us to all these forever wars and, and leading to massive increases in debt and all that, all that stuff's going to happen, no matter what. So we got to take care of ourselves. And so that's the question, how do you do that? How do you invest? And how do you structure your life in a way that um, leads to you being okay Either way, whether they're they're idiots or whether they're evil, and and when their plans come to fruition, you're still all right. And I, I think gold and silver have a big role to play in that. You know, that's uh, that's really the central asset that uh, precious metals is, is the central asset that you want to own in a world that's spinning out of control like this. And I, I think that uh, there are a few other things, but uh, crucially, you really want to get your your money out of the um, fiat currency based system and into older forms of money that governments can't inflate away. You know, that's, yeah. that's step number one. There's a lot of steps that follow, but first and foremost, get yourself some precious metals and um, keep them in a safe place. Cause you're going to need them uh, in a big way in the not too distant future.
0: Does the planning part of that change, whether it's scenario one, the evil genius part or the, scenario two helpless uh ivory tower buffoons and and i and i i asked that because i never really heard the evil genius part put that way it makes me think about it differently because you could say they've completely accomplished i mean it might not even be 90 10 it might be 95 percent of the world 98 percent of the world uh in the debt paying surf thing
1: yeah, if if their goal is to siphon as much money mm. as possible from the um the serfs and to the aristocracy, they're succeeding brilliantly because yeah, every every crisis that has occurred since the 1990s has been met with policies that enrich the already rich. You know, every time they yep. cut interest rates down to some historically low level, that raises the price of financial asset. It makes assets, it makes stocks and bonds get more valuable and real estate. And those things are owned by the already rich. Right. And it makes savings interest rates. In other words, your, your bank CD, the rate on that goes way down. So you as a regular person can't save and, and you know, build capital very easily. While the rich are already getting richer, you regress, you know, you right. you go backwards. And that has happened every single time there's been a crisis since the 1990s. So either it's a coincidence that the, the best way of dealing with these crises always ended up enriching the already rich, or there's a plan at work here. And, you know, if you, you could also notice that... Um, a different part of the aristocracy benefits in each of these crises sometimes it's the the arms makers sometimes it's the big banks and most recently it was the big pharma so it, it's like they're taking turns um eating parts of the um the peasantry and uh and and you know now now with the ukraine war um the military contractors are back at the trough yeah. so um, so yeah, you can make that case, you know, and I still don't know which scenario, you know, which, um, worldview I adhere to, but I, I think you could totally make the case that this is a plan, you know, this is a long-term plan, um, that involves, um, driving us into deeper and deeper debt and, uh, terrifying us so that we're easy to control and then basically just sucking whatever wealth is left um, out of the 90, you know, leaving all yeah, of this deeply right. in debt um, and dependent on government services. Right. And we're close to that. And in, in a lot of cases out there, uh, people are in that situation now and more and more of them are moving into that category of uh, debt serfdom every day.
0: And, and John, now you got me thinking that the solution is the same regardless of whether it's option one or option two. Well,
1: that that's the question and yeah a lot of the things are the same i mean you want to be basically a prepper in this kind of a world you don't want to be dependent on the banks and the government um, because they are not your friends so yeah i I think uh, the uh, old school prepping might end up being the smartest way to approach this get yourself some land that has um, food production capacity Um, move most of your dollars into gold and silver coins, Um, move your investments out of tech stocks and into um, the stocks of companies that have real things like oil wells and farmland and uranium mines and gold and silver mines. If you have a portfolio of those stocks, you probably tend to make um, pretty good money in what's coming. And then you just have to find a way to keep it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> what, what yeah. comes later in this process is the confiscation of uh, 401k accounts and IRAs and things like that. So yep, and that's, that's a profits tax. and Yes. Yeah. All. Of, yeah. Stuff like that. So that's that's a um, a story for the next stage. But it's definitely something that you need to be thinking about as you're making money, you know, as your uranium stocks are going up. You need to be thinking about how you are going to be able to take profits in those things and then keep the proceeds of that sale. Um, So in other words, you and I are going to have a lot to talk about for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be in our our, our nursing homes, you know, with the oxygen and everything, with our little laptops talking about this uh, 30 or 40 years from now, probably.
0: We'd be good roommates, John. Maybe we can get a deal. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you know we get that little that little curtain that they pull in between you know when the nurse comes yeah. in to give you a sponge bath but other than that we can sit there yeah. and just mumble on about this stuff
1: yeah we can <laughs> have our own little studio in, in uh, the corner of the nursing home yeah
0: we'd have a lot of fun um so all right so john i guess as, as i'm thinking this then going forward I've, I've, I've you know i've been doing a lot of promotion of my views uh for this year uh with my annual forecast and the idea that the Fed once again will be forced to choose between economic devastation or keeping the plate spinning, and and that's the direction I think they'll go, and sooner than expected. Um, what is your view? I, I, have you given a lot of thought? You know, to, I know you <clears> think about the long term all the time, and this is more an intermediate term. You know, the next twelve months. Where what did, what's what do you where do you see some of this headed? What's on your mind?
1: Oh, I think the central banks of the world have to make a big choice pretty soon because we have, we're have we tipping over based on a lot of indicators into something pretty dark here. You know, the money supply is shrinking. The M2 money supply yeah. is shrinking for the first time. You, you draw that chart from the 1970s and this is the first downturn. And it, you know, uh, taking as a, an article of faith that we're running a gigantic Ponzi scheme globally, Ponzi schemes require new money to come in to pay off the existing investors. Yep. You take that new money away and, and the whole thing collapses. Well, we're taking that new money away. The spigot has been turned off. Uh, and that's going to lead to a global train wreck pretty soon here if uh, if we don't turn it back on. And, and there's a lot of other indicators like that. The um, um, yield curve is extremely yep. inverted right now, mm-hmm. the most inverted it's been. And that's usually a sign of a recession. And uh, what else? There's a couple of other things. I'll think All of them as we go along.
0: All those PMIs you were talking about that are below 50 or negative, and you know if it's the Fed PMIs, I mean, those things yeah, are batting yeah. eight for eight in predicting yeah. recessions, where that, the Fed is over eight.
1: That's right. Oh, and... and- <clears throat> Higher interest rates are leading to dramatically higher interest costs yes. for the world's governments, which are they're, they're already running massive deficits. But now, you know, the U.S. is looking at a trillion dollars a year in the not too distant future in just interest costs. Yes. And then all of us baby boomers are retiring. So we want our um, our Medicare and our Social Security. So that's probably another trillion additional dollars a year that the government. And so which means that we've got kind of a death spiral going where um um spending has to rise dramatically and that has to be borrowed, which means more currency has to be created and dumped out into the system, which um leads to higher interest rates and higher interest costs, et cetera, et cetera, until everything just kind of spirals down into the abyss. And uh, I, I think the currencies of the world will be the um the the the, the flashpoint, you know, those, they will be the things that uh, that start to fall in a dramatic way that absolutely terrify everybody. And we had that happen last year. You know, people say the dollar is strong, but only compared to the euro and the yen and yeah, the and pound stirring. We actually lost 10% of dollar purchasing power last year. And that's a crisis level decline in purchasing power in one year for a currency, and so we've already started that process. We're already into the death spiral, and uh, there, there's really no solution that involves keeping these fiat currencies as they are now. You know, we might still have things five years from now that are named dollar or euro or yen, but they won't be the same currencies that we have now. They'll be backed by gold or by some other commodity or, you know, computer based. Way of maintaining their supply. In other words, stopping them from growing and and taking away the printing press from governments and everything. I say that's all going to happen. So, you know, there might be a dollar five years from now, but it's probably going to be just a word for one 10,000th of an ounce of gold, let's say. Yeah. And, that's the optimistic scenario. You know, the chaotic scenario is much darker because it involves civil unrest and global war and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, we're going to be very lucky if we just have a currency crisis followed by a monetary reset. That is the best we can hope for.
0: Do you read much of this uh, Zoltan Posar stuff?
1: Um, I, I'm becoming a fan. Yeah, he's uh, he, he seems to get the... Um, the unwinnable situation, yeah. that the world's central banks are in
0: be interesting to see uh how that situation plays out as well uh in the months of, I mean it may come fast I mean mm-hmm. I just read something well over the weekend about Russia and Iran working together for some type of stable coin backed by gold so they can transact uh trade between each other without you know outside of the Swiss system and outside of the dollar I you know. Anything that decreases demand for the dollar would, by definition, yeah. uh, weaken it and devalue it.
1: Oh, yeah, Craig. You, you mentioned that when we first started talking, and I kind of veered away from it and, and didn't address it. So, yeah, that's a very big deal now, um, because we have antagonized so much of the rest of the world by using our privileged position as the the manager of the world's reserve currency. We've used it as a weapon, and we've made everybody else so mad that they're looking for ways to bypass the dollar. So, yeah, some countries are are trading among you know with themselves in their own currencies and others are loading up on massive amounts of gold with the idea of maybe backing their currencies with gold at some point and uh, the brics countries which is brazil um russia india and china along with saudi arabia are looking yeah. at their own gold-backed currency as a co- uh, competitor with the dollar so yeah so that you know the dollar is losing value at an accelerating rate and It's facing competition for the first time since World War II. And the competition is potentially serious because, uh, you know, if Saudi Arabia is willing to take other currencies besides the dollar for oil, then uh, the whole petrodollar concept, which is the, um, you know, the bedrock foundation of the dollar's global dominance, is going to be shaken. And uh, that's happening right now. Saudi Arabia at the Davos um, conference just this week announced that it was willing to consider taking other currencies in return for oil. Uh, this is huge. Uh, and uh, it, and it it can't be a good thing for the dollar. I mean, whether it's a, a mortal threat in the next year, that's a questionable thing. But it, it's it's another negative data point for the dollar's tenure as the world's only reserve the currency.
0: Yeah, I, I I picked up something yesterday. I was talking to Ronnie Sterfela and and he hit me with this one. I I like this one. I, I I'll repeat it to you. I won't try to do Ronnie's German accent
1: because
0: uh, <laughs> I don't think I could pull it off. Um, but he said, you'd, uh, "Craig, do you remember uh, Secretary Connolly is famous for saying the dollar is our currency, but it's your problem." He said, "the the motto here in the twenty first century is instead." those producing nations saying the commodities are these are our commodities and now they are your problem indeed he said it more eloquently than that john and he said it with that that really well he
1: just he says everything eloquently he's uh, (laughs) he's a a, a very good speaker yeah yeah he's actually
0: it's not snowing in the alps and so he can't ski uh so I think that's put a little edge on his writing
1: these days. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's funny on on uh, on my Substack, I have a, a category of articles called "People We Should Know," and uh, Ronnie Stofferley was the second guy that I highlighted because yeah. I I think you know he he's a good speaker and everything, but the uh, the in gold we trust um, once a year thing that they do that three hundred yeah. page. Um, overview of precious metals and the global economy and all those amazing charts. That's the single, if you're going to read one thing each yeah. year, that's the thing to read. And he he's the guy who puts that together. So yes. yep.
0: I yeah. can't imagine how
1: much work it would be
0: to make that. I tried yeah. to convince him that he should title this year's uh, report when it comes out in May, uh, visit TF Metals Report. But- it- <laughs> <laughs> he said he couldn't do that, and so darn it. That's the way it goes. But you should definitely visit John Substack. How's that for a little segue, John? Um, again, we'll put mm-hmm. it on this page. Um, it, it, Substack's great. I think everybody's used to using it now and finding people they want to listen to and subscribing, or you know, reading the free stuff or whatever. Right here on this page, John. About not to give you deadlines or anything, but about how frequently do you uh, are you writing something new?
1: Every couple of days. I'm, I'm putting Beautiful. something out. And, uh, you know, for the, the first month, everything is free there. So I can build up a a, a nice archive for people to take a look at. So um, right now you can show up and see absolutely everything for free.
0: Rubino.substack.com, if I remember right.
1: That, that's it.
0: All right. It's right here on this page. John, don't be a stranger, my friend. We uh, This is going to be a hell of a year. We're going to need to talk about it from time to time.
1: Yeah, it really is. So let's do this again. Whenever, uh, whenever you've got a free slot, Craig, I'm I'm available.
0: You got it, Mon Frere. All right, everybody go to sign up for John's Substack. Um, and uh, thank you, John. Um, we'll visit again soon. Great. Thanks, Craig. And from all of us at TFMR, thanks for listening. We'll see if we can't have another Thursday conversation next week.